Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Good morning, Steve. Hello, Michael. Or hey, mate. As somebody pointed out that their kids now say that in my monotone, subdued <laughs> tone, and I'm very sorry for that. Do a shout out. But That's Mark. Mark. Hello, Mark. Mark, who's been on Owner Stories before. Hello to Mark's uh, boys, his sons who like Steve's. What is it, Steve? They like your hey, mate. Monotone voice. Just do it again, hey, Steve. Mate Just do it again. No, I'm not doing it. So you can't do anything on demand. <laughs> can't smile on demand as well. Steve, I'm making Steve agitated by asking him this to do it again. Yeah, I don't do things on demand. That's my wife. <laughs> okay, let's not get into that. All right, everyone, uh, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Michael Bath. That's Steve on the other end. Uh, both of us are coming in from Sydney because I'm in Sydney for a bit. Don't know how much longer, but I'm here for a bit. Um, but we'll get. The weather's finally good, hey? Yeah, the sun is out today. Just so all our friends in the US know, it's Sydney weather for summer. It's just been raining, just it's raining and raining. shit. It's been it's terrible. Tropical. It's tropical weather here. It's not snowing. Mm. But it's raining. Um, and because Steve doesn't drive his car in the rain, we can't go for a drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I drove my car in the rain yesterday and I still haven't washed it. And I haven't washed it because I don't have any car wash left. Um, but I've bought some. So. Oh, tons of that if you want it. You haven't. Yeah. Um, You'll use it again, mate. You haven't um, succumbed to the whole uh, foamy thing yet, have you? No. And everyone's doing it. Pressure washer? You got a pressure washer? I've got a hose. I bought a new hose. Uh, but not a pressure washer. Okay. <laughs> no. It's a bit hard to use I it never... here. You know where I wash my car. I don't know if it's oh, going to be... there's no PowerPoint. There's, there's no, no PowerPoint. PowerPoint there, is there? I don't know, actually. I have to double check. I don't think there's a PowerPoint. I'm not sure. Oh, you've d- okay. You've just given me a recommendation for this week. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I keep seeing people washing their cars with foam washers. Um, hello, Paul. Yeah, cool. But I mentioned that Paul had a 997.2 Carrera last week. You remember Paul? He's got the roof racks. Paul's also oh, got, yeah, yeah. which I completely forgot, yeah. <laughs> he's got a 996 GT3. I don't know how I forgot that. He's also got a 996 GT3. Right, and cool. uh, Paul, um, congratulations. You just got a 718 uh, Boxster S as well. You just picked up his 718 Boxster S. So he's got three Porsches. So I'm very envious. Very, right. very envious. Steve, how many of you got? Two. You need one more. Mm. Do you really count the mechanics of Porsche? I guess you do. <laughs> Steve, don't say that. Greatest Porsche. <laughs> but you've got the turbo. You've got the top one. Doesn't make any difference. It's still in the can. Sorry, I'm still to thinking. Other can owners out there. I mean, I'm not going to talk about what cars I want anymore because people seem to find you know humour in what I'm when I talk about it. You know, this is my passion. <laughs> I talk about things, and it's my passion. I didn't understand it was like a, a competition. But anyway, hey, mm-hmm. um, last week, a couple yep. of exciting things. A couple of exciting things. First, I want to talk about last. I want to talk about last week's episode. But before that, yep. the book we were talking about last week, Porsche Excellence, was expected. <clears throat> Remember that book? Yep. My recommendation. Yep. Book everyone should get. Came out in 2019, re-edition. Oh, I thought you recommended the Paul Free 911 story. Oh, I did. But I also said the Porsche Excellence book as well. We talked about that, right? The, the yes. three book or the four yes, book? Yes, yes. <clears throat> um, yep. I don't have the uh, Paul Free one, but I've got to find that. Yep. But uh, it's not big, my, it won't be expensive. my wife, Natasha, bought me um, Porsche Excellence, was expected, so that's on its way. So it's very exciting. Bloody hell. Hey, Natasha. <laughs> What did you get last week, mate? Anything? From my wife? Yeah. Mm, no, nothing that is repeatable on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I wanted to talk about, I missed it actually, when I was editing the podcast, um, when I was editing mm. the podcast and I heard you say, and I didn't hear it because, you know, sometimes I don't hear you when, when you're saying things underneath. Because I mumble um, and I'm a low talker and monotone. Yeah, the um, lid liner, which I'm very happy with. 
Yep. The lid liner. And you mentioned the fact about personalizing it and doing the carbon thing on it. I didn't actually hear that. And I thought that was a really good idea. <laughs> that carbon dip stuff that you do in Sydney. Could you actually do that for that um, piece? I reckon you probably could. Um, but you need to find somebody who's got like a, I don't know if you've ever watched how they do it, but no. it's almost like this massive, it's a massive kind of, think of like a, uh, what do you call it? A dumpster, like a big kind of garbage bin. Big vat. It's got water in it, hence the aqua kind of dipping thing. Right. And then they sort of spray like what is the pattern on the top of it and then they kind of have to sort of grab this whole big part and find a way to dip it in there and kind of get the pattern to line up on top of it. Oh. Um, so you need to find somebody who's got like a tank, big enough. Tank is the word that I was looking for, dumpster. <laughs> Yeah, um, so this is the carbon yeah. fiber-like finish, right, that you did for your piece that's just underneath your windshield. The windscreen right? cowl. Windscreen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the windscreen cowl, which is yep. a which is a really expensive part from DB Carbon. What was it? I can't even remember. Was it 1500 or something? I have no idea. It was a lot. I was I just remember. horsing around because there was like, as per usual, I found a part on Gumtree for like $100, so I bought it, and it was a little experiment to kind of see what it was actually kind of like, and it turned out really good. Like, you know, yeah. um, it, like it's clearly not not as good as the real thing, but it's not bad. Like I mm, mm. I, I think if um, if somebody, if I never pointed it out and people kind of walked around the car, like you'd have to get up really close to kind of um, pick it. Barry from, um, Barry from the UK and very, very mm-hmm. early, early owner stories. Hi, Barry. Barry did it for his um, GTS. He did some parts in that, I think. I'm pretty sure yeah. he did anyway. I think it was Barry. That did the parts yeah. as well in that same process. Yeah, the dudes that did mine, um, they, they work on lots of Ferraris and Lambos. Like, and it looks like when you sort of see their gallery, um, it's people um, doing um, sort of stuff in the engine bay, which would obviously be like twenty, thirty thousand dollar options kind of thing. And they obviously don't tick that box, and then they just go and get it um, aqua dip. So all these all these people in Ferraris that you see in Lamborghinis, you think they got the full carbon from the factory? They're actually just dipped. <laughs> yeah. I saw, you know what I saw when I was coming back yesterday? I had to go mm. up to King's Cross here in Sydney yesterday for a haircut. Mm. And I was walking, I walked there and I walked back. Um, I saw mm-hmm. a Lamborghini Gallardo at the lights at the top of Whitlam Square here in Sydney. They the older Gallardo. I tell you what, they've really aged well. It looks very classic though, that 04. When you see it now on the road, it's it's yep. it's pretty nice looking. It's still, I don't know how many issues that car has, but it's it's a pretty nice looking um, Lambo. I think they said, is it the first gen is if you get a troublesome and then the second one, they did a sort of fairly big revision, I think. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. They're nice cars. Same with yeah. the Murcielago. They look cool. Yeah, they look cool, but I don't know. Maintenance. You'd be scared. Yeah. I'd be scared. Hey, um, what else? What else, Steve? Oh, the other thing I want to just mention quickly. Um, I came across that, and I think I came across it because you, you guys were talking about that guy on YouTube and now I've forgotten his name. Obsess, uh, obsessive Garage, is it? What's oh, it called? Obsessed, obsessed Garage, Matt. Obsessed um, Garage. Matt, what's his name? Name, Mora, 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 Moran, something like that. Is it? I never watched it before and I know Marco likes it. Yep. Um, and I watched that one where he's getting a GT3 Touring or he's specking out a GT3 Touring. I didn't know yep. that Porsche site existed. Um, and the site I'm talking about is a site where you can go to and you can put any Porsche in there, pick a 911, pick a Macan, and then pick the PTS colors, which are the PTS colors, which are just the normal colors that you can pick, not the super expensive ones, I don't think. Or maybe they are, I don't know. Yep. Um, the standard PTS, yeah. But the website is media.porsche.com 
slash paint hyphen to hyphen sample. I think that's it. <laughs> but I think Just if you do a, if you do a search paint <laughs> yeah. a sample Porsche, it comes up. But it's, have you been to that site? Uh, keep keep explaining what it is. I may have. You go to the site. There's a 911. You can and you can go through all the blues, and then all the blues come up. All the paint a sample colors and all the green paint a sample colors, and you can actually put it on the car. Like on the Macan or on the 911 or on the Cayenne or whatever. Oh, okay. No, I don't think I have. I've you haven't s- seen I've that? browsed, I think, most of the international websites. I think it was on the Great Britain one um, where it now properly lists what's on the standard painter sample. Um, no, this is a proper sort of conf- palette, but this is different to what you're talking about. Yeah, this is a proper, proper configurator. I just sent you it by uh, iMessage, Steve. Have a look at that while we're talking. Okay. But it's it's pretty cool. I think anyone should look at it. Just do a search. I think you just do a search for Porsche paint to sample colors or something, and it comes up with it's Sorry, like media.porsche.com. And you pick yep. the 911, and you can go and you can see all the colors. It's just, it's just interesting to see all the different colors over the generate, you know, all the colors that they actually do. So you can pick the yep. gray palette. You know, and you see carbon gray metallic, you know, you see Giza metallic, which is a famous one, graphite, you know, well, you know, stone gray, sports classic gray, you know, so it has the sports classic color, like you said, which is gray, Nardo gray. Yeah. I have seen it. I just never clicked on a color. Except with white, it's got cream white, ivory and light ivory. So I guess Carrara mm-hmm. white is not a PTS color, but it's weird it's not there. Oh, Okay. See, yeah, when you pick on, on white, I'm on 911 and on white. And then if you pick the color, you see the color in the car. So the color comes up with the code in the background. So yeah. like I've just picked cream, which is really awful. It's, it's Z55. Yeah, Z55. So it's pretty cool. Cool sight. If you look in red, there's no guards red. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. So the other thing I did during the week, and I sent you the link, is I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always looking for something to buy. I don't know what's wrong with me. I keep looking at things, little things that are cheap, so I get a little fix. Um, too rich, I saw mate, that, that's the problem. I, too rich, I wish. I saw that SeaTech um, charger, which I don't know if yeah. I really need it because I've got my normal SeaTech trickle charger, which I use all the time when I go away, um, yep. and it's perfect. It works really well. Has never failed me. Yep. Um, but that SeaTech CS3, and I have seen it on other people's Instagram, YouTube channels, and stuff like that. That portable charger, yeah. come power bank thing. That's pretty yep. cool. That product, huh? It's and it's. I thought it was a lot more expensive than that. It was the price that you the link that you sent me was um, cheaper than I've ever seen it because I think I looked at it when um, TGE started. Like he's obviously sponsored by them, so yeah, um, he did a he did a video on it, and it looks different from sort of you know like just one of those normal power bank sort of power pack type things that you kind of hook up your um, jump leads to and then just get the car going. Yeah. Because it seems like it primes the battery, like it sort of conditions the battery before um, it starts it. So yes. I, I'm not quite sure what the difference is, but um, that's it what sounds I th- like it's different. That's what I thought. Sorry, Steve. That's what I thought as well after seeing Marco do his. This one, the C-Tech one, you charge yes. it. It holds a charge for 12 months, which is pretty amazing. Yep. You can charge your phones or cameras when you're on the go, when you're traveling. You know, if you do a road trip in your 911 with your roof box and you have your SeaTech free charger. Um, yep. But when you go to start your car, if your car's flat, and I watched some dude on, in the UK who had a four-wheel drive Land Rover, and literally you have to yeah, put it on your battery. Yep. It won't spark. It's got all that sort of protection and stuff like that. You know, you're not going to get into any trouble if you're an idiot doing things like me. Um, yep. And you have to leave it for 15 minutes. Yeah. So like you said, it doesn't happen straight away. It's like a maybe it's nicer to your battery. Is that a good way of saying it? Nicer? Well, Kinder. it just says something about it basically is um, looking, it's analyzing your battery and figuring out how to kind of not repair it, but, you know, sort of replenish it 
properly as opposed to if you stick a power bank on there, you're basically just starting the car off the power bank, just like you would True. be if you're kind of jump-starting sort of thing. Um, Which the normal trickle charges with CTEC do that anyway. You see them, they go through their 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 modes, right? They're processing to see what sort of condition your battery is in yeah. and they charge it, they charge it in the right way. They're quite smart in the way they do it. Um, but if you run your battery flat and then you kind of hook it up to a trickle, um, it takes like a good number of hours, not 15 minutes to kind yeah. of um, get it going again. The, the thing about this CS3 thing that we're talking about, um, which I could never sort of discern was uh, whether you can use it as a portable trickle charger. That's what I'm still not sure about either. I was reading it and I'm still not sure about that either. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out from the info on there and that would be the thing that would probably get me over the line because my card isn't parked near um, a PowerPoint. Oh, so, right. Ah, so you could use that as a... But how much charge is in it, though? How long does it last? That's the thing. That's what I couldn't work out either. How long, how much sort of charge does it hold? You know what I mean? If, if it is used yeah, as a exactly. trickle charger, yeah. how many days can exactly. you leave it on it for? Yeah. Yep. But I'll just tell the Australian, Australian listeners, I'm guessing in the US there's plenty of bargains on this. Australia's a bit, we're a bit in the outback here. Um, but there's a store in Sydney, but I think they ship Australia-wide, Steve, right? It's called Edison's, yep. edisons.com.au. They have a really good price on that at the moment. And there's another code where you can get another 5% off. So I think it's $369 and then you get another $18 off. So it goes down to like $350 odd. Um, yep. So it's very, very cheap. They say the recommended retail is 700 I don't know if it's 700 but it, I thought it was a good price. I almost bought it. I was tempted and then I thought, no, when am I yeah, going to use pretty, it? Because it's, it's relatively new. I don't. It's only been on the market for maybe 18 months, absolute tops. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty new. It's pretty new. Good product, good product. Um, what else, Steve? Shall we get into um, Patreon? There's no new members of Patreon this week. No one's uh, supported Porsche Cooled on Patreon. If you want to support Porsche Cooled, you just go to patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled and you can join for as little as $2 a week. It just helps uh, me and Steve keep talking, helps us uh, upgrade our microphones, which I'm speaking to a new one now, um, and all those sort of things. So like I said, patreon.com and just search for Porsche Cooled. Um, owner Stories. Uh, owner mm -hmm. stories. Um, I put the Instagram post up a little bit late this week. I was just telling you, I, I somehow, um, and that was actually this morning cause we're recording this on a Wednesday. I usually do it Tuesday night after midnight and I for completely forgot cause I'm in Sydney. I get mixed up with the time sometimes. Um, but this week we got Matt and you haven't heard it Steve cause I didn't send it to you. Sorry. Um, we have Matt and I say that every week and I also say, I'm not going to say too much about the story, but I'm going to once again, get into it a little bit. <laughs> Number 69 is Matt. Stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, no. Matt is from New York. Uh, Matt is a friend of uh, Lorenzo. Lorenzo was on a previous owner stories, Porsche Life NYC. That's why you'll see a picture of Lorenzo's uh, 997 with Matt's 997 on his Instagram. Um, He's Matt, the director you, guy? Uh, Lorenzo. Lorenzo, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so Matt lives in Manhattan, lives in New York, um, and he owns a Porsche, which. I find in itself really cool. He has a 06 911 Carrera 2S Black. Matt wasn't, he wasn't going to give away too much. He, he eventually told me, but you know, I know you're listening, Matt, but you know, he's done so many things to his car, Steve. Mm -hmm. You know, such as, and I'm going to let these things out so you can hear the story, but he's, mm -hmm. he's done sole performance. Yep. He's got numeric. He's got LED yep. taillights and he's done a tune as well. What cool. tune? You'll have to listen to the episode. I'm not going to give away which one. Um, you know, Cop he tune. drives it all the time. He's put 20,000 miles on his car since he's owned it. He bought it yep. for co after, you know, during COVID just to get out of New York. Yep. 
He drives it a lot. He's got a really cool Instagram. Go and have a look at Matt's Instagram. It's at Anomaly Matt. Anomaly. I don't need to spell that, do I? Anomaly Matt uh, on Instagram. So go and have a look at Matt's Instagram uh, and give him a follow. Tell him you heard his story on Porsche Cool. But it's a really good story. Um, and, you know, just owning a car in New York, it's expensive, Steve, the parking. Like Matt was telling me how yeah. much the parking, you can pay up to 1100 US dollars a month for parking. A month? Wow. Yeah. And they treat your car. How does that compare to rent, I wonder? Is that and a lot more of these, expensive than rent? Well, as you know, Natasha's sister lives in New York, so I know what the rent is. Mm. I won't say it online, but I'll tell you later. So Yeah, sure. It's a lot of money each month you've got to pay. That's for sure. Yeah. A lot of money each month, but um, when he first picked up the car, like he bought it in, uh, he bought it in Brooklyn at a Mitsubishi dealer, which is one of the best places to buy cars, right? When you buy a Porsche, you buy them from like a <laughs> Mitsubishi or a Toyota dealer. Didn't you buy your Macan from one of those sort of dealers? Uh, Jag Land Rover is a oh, trade. Okay, a little bit high market. Mm, still wasn't the greatest experience. <laughs> no, mm, no, not really. <laughs> but your Macan was under warranty when you first bought it, right? Which made it uh, uh, sort of more uh, not feasible. I probably would have done it even if it wasn't. But we still did we? Yeah, we still had a PPI and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't say like it's not. I've only ever once sort of bought a car from a Porsche dealership. That's back back in the day when it was um, Scuderi Veloci nine nine three, which is now Willoughby. Yeah. Do you remember the salesman you bought it off? I do. Anthony Owen, who now works at Porterhouse. Oh, it is? Yeah. I okay. don't think he remembers if, that. But that's if okay. he's listening, he'll know now. Yeah, that's okay. Um, and they've resold it many times. But I'm sure that happens to those guys all the time where they um, come across the same car over and over and over again. I'm, I'm interested when it comes back on how much it yeah. sells for because we know what it was last time, right? When I can't you remember. Do no, you know how much it was last time? 129. And how long ago was that? Not that long ago. That's when I think when Stephen looked at it. Stephen has been on owner stories in Sydney. I think when Stephen looked at it, I think it was one two nine from my memory. That's what it came up as. And I remember you were looking at it, and I was roughly, saying to you, "Was that like, was that two years or probably eighteen? I would say it's eighteen off the top oh, of my head. Okay. End of eighteen. Yeah, interesting. Yep. Be interesting to see if it comes up again, and if they've taken off all the mods, and if the price is ridiculous, which I'm sure it will be. Mm, I miss that car. It's I'd a great car. I'd love to have a go on it again. I'd so love to just for the sake of like memories and sentimental things. Maybe it was later than that because I have the vague memory of it when it came up. I said we should go halves in it. I swear I said that to you. <laughs> so maybe that was when I was still listening to Spike because maybe that's where I got the idea. I don't know. I said maybe we should go halves in it, mate. Share it. Oh, plan Z on it. Okay. Yeah, we should share it. That's what I think I said to you. You went, I got no money, mate. I don't have any money. <laughs> still don't. <laughs> Um, anyway, back to Matt. Um, like I said, Matt's got a good story. Go and have a, go and listen to it. It's uh, Porsche Good Owner Stories this week. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the first night he bought it in Brooklyn, Steve, from a Mitsubishi dealer. He drives mm-hmm. it back to Manhattan, you know, pretty nice first experience coming back over to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had to park it on the street and he said he was nervous as hell that, <laughs> that first night. I think yeah. I would get a little deck chair and sit in front of it and just watch it. <laughs> I could leave it in the street the whole night. I think I'd be, I was I was nervous just having mine parked in my garage for the first night. The dumb thing in New York would be bumper parking too, wouldn't it? That's yeah. sort of standard fare. Car gets damaged, yeah. Can you Yikes. imagine? It's like yeah. how they drive in Europe where they park up on the street and you know all the smart cars and everyone's just parked on sidewalks in Italy and you think, oh, I don't know if I could have a 911. It must be... I guess you just have to get your bumper sprayed a lot, right? You just have to get them sprayed. 
Yeah. Did you see Instagram keeps posting me that um, I can't remember what Ferrari it is. It might be a super fast or something like that, like jammed down this tiny little cobblestone alleyway, which obviously looks like Europe or Italy or something like that. Right. And somebody's sort of driven what looks like maybe 50 metres down it and it's like literally like oh, you know, yes. building. So too, yes. have you and seen they're that? stuck. How did they get? How did they get that far? <laughs> I know there's some person there and saying they're trying to get out of the. Yeah, they're in some narrow back lane in the back of Italy or something, and the car yeah, is literally nice like stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it super fast or is but, it a is it a uh, Roma? One of the two. But it's, uh, yeah, it's something. I don't know. It's, it's trapped. It's not a mid-engine thing, but um, like, how did they manage to get that far? And how on earth are they going to extract themselves without actually scraping the car? I don't know. Like. I know you want when you're wandering through the streets of like you know Italy or even Spain or Portugal. You know you wonder about that. You think, God, oh, you know these streets are so narrow. You know what I mean? It's mm. so narrow. But imagine imagine being in that situation. That's very very scary. Hey Steve, you got a recommendation? Yeah. I need to stop talking for a sec. I need a glass of water. Yeah, sure. Um, we were talking about foam sprayer things, and you don't have a PowerPoint where you wash your car um, in the car wash bay. Um, there's this thing called an IK sprayer, okay. um, which I bought, I bought one because it was cheap. I can't remember the place I bought it from. I think it was Z Zas, Z-A-S, um, dot com right. dot maybe AU because it was cheap. Like they're normally about 150, 160. And I think I got it for less than a hundred. Right. Um, I bought it for using it at my parents' place because I often wash my car there when I go and visit them. Okay. Um, and it sort of you you um, create the foam by hand pumping. All I've right. seen um, hacks where people kind of connect it to like an electrical pump thing to kind of get it going, so you don't actually have to pump it by hand. But um, if you don't have a pressure washer, um, which you normally need for a foam lance, mm. um, it's actually pretty good. It it sort of foams up not too badly, and I think it would be better than. Um, uh, those ones where you can you can attach them to garden hoses, but I've seen so many videos, and when you look at the quality of what comes out of it, sort of, it looks akin to kind of foaming up suds in a bucket and then trying to chuck the bucket over your car. Doesn't look that sort of effective. I'm on their website now, so it's IK. IK this is detail yeah, detail store detailstore.com.au. I don't know what that is, yeah. but they've got them. IK multi sprayer. Which one did you buy though? The Pro? Nah, two. IK Foam Pro 2? I think it's superseded, which is why it's cheaper now. Um, $69. Yep, there you go. But there's another one, which is $240. So $69, um, is, there, is there enough foam in that so, to do the yes, one car? I was about to say that, yeah. Like I, I've done the whole McCann, McCann, whatever, with that at my parents, and um, it did the job. Like mm. you probably had to stop two-thirds of the way through and then sort of pump again with your hand. Right. But, like, that only takes a couple of minutes. Um, okay. And, yeah, like, it's not bad. It's actually okay. not bad. That's a, good, that's a good tip, actually. You just made me find something to buy. So $69. Do they sell it at Car Care <laughs> Warehouse or not? Or we have to buy it from detail store. Uh, you can buy it from many places. I'll, I think try looking up Z, ZAS. Okay. ZAS. Um, that's where I got mine from because it was like a run-out thing. Okay, so it's the IK, IK Foam Pro 2 hand pump sprayer. Yep, it's $62.96 on zas.com.au. Really? Okay, I might have to get one of those. So while we're on that, on your recommendation for the portable sprayer, no power needed, 
What um, wash do you use with that? What do you recommend? Which, which is the one you use? Because I know there's a lot oh, of man, listeners using, who are... Hmm? I'm using tons of different ones. Like I've, I've just used... Like I bought my foam cannon years ago and I never pulled it out. I never right. used it. I never used my Karcher as well until I recently ceramic coated the GT3. Right. Um, so I've had, I think it was mint wash lying around from car care products, like from probably about five years ago. Um, These don't strip the wax off your car, though, if you have wax, right? Because you've got to be careful when you've got wax. Because I use the just, the Dodo Juice so, one, which is not called Dodo Juice, which is the other brand, which they don't seem to have at the place in Sydney anymore. Right. you just got to use a pH neutral one. That doesn't that won't strip wax, won't, okay. won't hurt your kind of coating. Blah, but blah, the mint blah. one is the one you use. Oh, no, that was a really old one. I kind of bought um, Chemical Guys one. Okay. Oh, I've, I've got so many different car washes tucked downstairs. It's not funny, so you're obsessed. Um, the problem with a foamer thing is that it does take up more detergent than you know, like just sort of standard yeah, washing. But maybe that's maybe that's something I'll do. Maybe that's something I'll do because that's quite a cheap way to sort of get into it, right? And it's enough to do one car, and it's portable, and it yeah, works yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. And you know how I think I pondered openly on the podcast a couple of podcasts ago as to whether or not the whole foam thing does anything. Yes. You know, like the idea that it's supposed to lift the dirt off as a yes. pre-wash. Yes. I'm still 100% sure whether or not that does anything. But the good thing about foaming your car is that when you then go to use your mitt and your bucket and everything, if you put the foam on the car, don't rinse it off, and then take your mitt whilst there's kind of stuff oh, really? all over it, it lubricates the car. Like that's going to help stop scratching it so that's actually really good okay so is that the process is it because i thought you sprayed the foam on and you just washed it off so you're saying you spray the foam, spray the foam on and then you rinse actually use your mitt if you do it properly yeah. you spray the you foam it up then yes. you rinse it all off because that that takes off like whatever sediment and, and then do it again it. yeah then you then you can go and do it again and then use the bucket with the suds and by having all the foam on there, like it doesn't matter if your bucket's not really that sudsy and uh, it stops okay. Okay. you Good from point. scratching it again. Good tip. Good tip. I don't have ceramic coating as everyone knows and I don't have uh, – I haven't done paint correction. But I really like mm-hmm. that that product that you introduced me to, that Dodo Juice. I like Dodo Juice. Um, yep. The Red Mist, which is sold oh, out I've in got, a strip. I bought some I've yesterday. I've got two bottles to give to you because oh, I can't I, use that shit anymore. Well, I just – you know, I just bought I just bought two bottles yesterday from the UK. <sighs> Told you I not didn't to. know you had. I didn't know you had that. I thought you were talking about car wash. Oh, I've got all this other stuff that since I've ceramic coated now both cars, I've got all this stuff that's redundant. I can't really? use it. Well, yeah. I didn't realize you had that um, because I've been well, waiting for I've been waiting yeah. for Car Care Warehouse to get it in in Australia. And Red Mist, it's Dodo Juice Red Mist. If anyone's listening, wanting, wanting to know yeah. what I'm talking about, you put it on your car yeah. after you wash it. It's a really good product. It's a fantastic product. It's sold out in Sydney. It's been sold out for a while. So I bought two from the UK. Which worked out mm-hmm. to be cheaper than the price of Kake Warehouse here in Australia. Um, two of them were a hundred, and they're fifty-five dollars here. So, I bought it. Yeah. I bought it like yesterday. I, I thought you I've were got saying something Carl's. else for you and or Marco. You? Uh, have you ever used Beadmaker? Beadmaker nope. Pro. Nope. Um, I've got like a five-liter container, which again I cannot use anymore. Um, has Marco used Red Mist? Because if he hasn't, you should give it, give one to him to use. Because it's a it's it's fantastic. That product is a really good product, don't you think, Steve? I know you've gone the other way, but it, it's a really good product. Yeah, look, it's not that I can't use it, but everything that I've ever read is that um, once you've kind of got a ceramic coating, use 
dedicated ceramic stuff on top of it. Right. Marco's turbo is ceramic coated, so he might not want to. Oh, it is ceramic coated. Yep. Wow. He bought Everyone. it that way. Ah, I feel left out. I feel left out. Hey, um, <laughs> my recommendation this week is yes. not car, car car care products. It's not books. It's an event. Um, and I want to do a shout out for this because uh, it's someone who I like, and it's James at Porsche Platts in Melbourne. James is yeah, James. at Porsche Platts, and he is RSR Classics. If you're looking for a 911 in Australia or a Porsche, or you want to find a Porsche that you can't seem to get a hold of, just give James, uh, just contact James on his Instagram at Porsche Platts. Have a look at his website, RSR Classics in Melbourne. He's got a really cool uh, 996 for sale at the moment. He's got a silver one, Steve, a 0.1. Um, mm-hmm. There's two two good 996 GT3s for sale at the moment. You have the choice if you're looking in the market for one because it's both silver. One's a 0.1 that it's James really. has and the other one's yep. a 0.2 that Auto House has. So you could actually, <laughs> you've got your choice of whichever one you want and they're about the same price, I think, around about. Right. But anyway, um, James, has got, uh, James sent me a message and I just want to do a shout out for this event that he's behind. It's called Porsches by the Bay. Uh, it's on the 27th of February, Steve, at Brighton in Melbourne. Uh, we all of like Brighton because Brighton, Brighton. Is all the good Porsches are. <laughs> of course, it's in Brighton. Yep. <laughs> the best Porsches in Australia are in Brighton and Adelaide, it seems to be. Um, at mm-hmm. 27th of February at Brighton Bars Car Park uh, from 7 to 9 a.m. Um, it's Porsches by the Bay returns for 2022. Um, the return, I'll just read what they say on the, on, on the Instagram. James said it was okay. Yeah. The return to the best early morning Porsches and coffee event in Australia. Uh, after the troubled COVID years, it's going to be great to get back to some normality with a return to the semi-regular Melbourne meetups. Uh, they're meeting on the morning of the 27th, as I said, at Brighton Bars from 7 to 9. Uh, you can come down, have a chat, coffee on the last weekend of summer to have a look at some beautiful Porsches. Uh, this time, Porsches by the Bay is being hosted by James at Porsche Platz and his uh, business RSR Classics. RSR Classic, I should say. That's it. So James will be there. If you want to meet James, who's been on Early Owner Stories and also guested on another episode, um, you can go to that uh, go to that uh, meet in Melbourne. Say hello to James. A, Tell him you heard his story on Owner Stories as well. Just say that to him. He's a very be cool. knowledgeable man, isn't he? He's a very knowledgeable man. Inside. James has done uh, Fitzgerald Racing. He's worked for Porsche race teams. You know, he, he knows a lot about Porsches. He has... He has good friends who have really good Porsche collections, so he knows how to source uh, really good ones. Um, so I think it would be be great to go there just to meet up with James if you haven't met him before and just have a chat to him. So that's it, Steve, 27th of February. Pity we can't go. Sure. We could drive down to Melbourne the night before and go there and then drive home again. That would be a good Sunday drive. It'd be a great Sunday you drive. You could do it, actually. You could do it. You could leave Saturday morning <laughs> and go and then come back. Need to so, need to wear ear protection, but yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also an Instagram for Porsches by the Bay too. It's at it's at Porsche Porsches by the Bay, um, and like I said, James is at Porsche Platz. All right, cool. what's next, Steve? What do you want to talk mm, about? Whatever you want. Do you want me to read uh, the, the the reviews? Because I know you like the reviews. I love the reviews. There's two My reviews. There's two reviews. Um, first one is. Porsche reviews are on Apple, Apple Podcasts, and that's where, as I keep saying every week, this is where you can go. Give us a star rating. If you have a few more, uh, a few more minutes, just give us a few words. A nice review would be good, um, and it gets us seen in the Porsche charts. Um, the first one is a home for pertinent Porsche chat, a great podcast for those with an interest in Porsches, particularly of the modern area era. Great uploads, schedules, great uploads, 
schedules make the podcast relevant on current Porsche topics and news without being an overload of information to dissect. The owner's stories episodes are intriguing to any potential or existing owners and offer a fascinating story behind the purchases of cars, of the cars we all either aspire to own or currently drive, all of which is presented in a down-to-earth and relatable manner. Well worth a listen if you are an enthusiast. That's from Mayled. I hope that's pronounced right. Great Britain. So thank you very much. That was a nice review, Steve. It was. The next one is Relatable Porsche Perspective. I should have used that as a title. That's a great title. I've been listening for about a year and really enjoy Michael and Steve's casual style and knowledge of all things cars and Porsche brand. Informative with mod installs to paint correction and routine maintenance. The owner stories are a great way to extend the discussion on why people truly appreciate their Porsche ownership. Happy to be a Patreon member to keep them talking. That is uh, Matt. Uh, Matt is at uh, PCS997.2 on Instagram. Uh, thank you, Matt. Really appreciate it. Okay, uh, and thanks for being a Patreon member. What else? Did you see that GT3? I'm sure you saw it. Which one? The, the 992, the one in South Australia. Oh, for sale in Adelaide. Yeah, the first one that's popped up. Yeah, so the first flipper of a 992, well, I don't know if they're a flipper, but let's just call it flipper for now. The first 992 GT3 in Australia is for sale mm. on car sales here, the car site. It's black, black on black. I don't know about black on black cars anymore, but it's black on black. Um, yeah, I can it's, do it. It's at 550000 Australian dollars. You guys in the US and Europe do your conversions, UK. It's a lot. 550000 Australian dollars. Is that... What would it be? Let's 100K price. over? Is it 100? Well, if you go by the basic prices on car sales, it's 100 over. So I don't know okay. how many options right. this car has, but it must be yep. close to eighty to 100000 Australian dollars over list. Over list. They can't stop you from doing it, can they? You know, like no. how some brands sort of go, you have to, like Ferrari sort of say, you have to keep the car for a year, otherwise you're kind of blacklisted. Is that, that's not the Porsche case. They don't seem to do it, or? do they? I don't know. They did it with the 911R, but they don't seem to do it with GT3s. It's only got 500 yeah. kilometers. So whoever's owned it is only, hasn't even opened it up yet. It's only got 500 really kilometers on it. Properly. Yeah. yeah. It's a dealer too. It's a dealer, I noticed, though. I don't know what the story is, but there is one for yep. sale if anyone's looking. It's $550,000. Look on car sales, and it's there. <clears throat> hey, speaking of 992s, did you see um, – I don't know if you put that on the notes. Maybe you did. The 992.2 update. The 992.2 yeah. update. What do you think? Um, it's hard to tell because it's so kind of severely camouflaged, but it just sort of seems quick, right? I, I guess the um, first gen has been out for a while, but um, – they sort of spotted this kind of new one and they're trying to work out what's kind of hiding underneath all the cladding and stuff like that. Um, well, there was a bit of speculation about um, sort of what engine is in there, but generally they kind of stick, they stick with the, um, the previous sort of Gen 1, although they were kind of wondering whether or not um, at some point in time, whether the 4-litre from the, um, the boxed or well, the Cayman GTS and GT4 which they sort of developed at the moment that only sits in that car. So whether or not it will make its way um, into the Gen 2 at some point in time, but what what publication is this? Evo. Evo sort of said that it's pretty unlikely because that would mean the performance of the new car would be lesser than the Gen 1. So it's interesting. I thought it was interesting. It's, it's a typical thing that Porsche does though, isn't it, Steve? I mean, just reading mm-hmm. that article, it's like, the camouflage is only now just hiding what looked to be new vertically arranged active cooling vanes, a contrast yep. to the horizontal units used now. And you can see the difference, right? And then the yep. ma- the the sort of 
dodgy uh, secondary lighting units look like they're just blocked on. Lights. So obviously yeah. they've updated the lighting, which is what they usually do, right? They update the, yeah. the front and the back. Obviously yeah. the back, I don't know what they're going to do to the back, but the front obviously has got, got a bit of an update to the lights and to the venting. Um, yeah. I'm not a big, I have to say, I don't understand why people avoid it. And I've seen a lot, and I saw a 992 Cabriolet yesterday when I was, um, Carrera S Cabriolet when I was going up to get my hair cut. Yep. Didn't have the sports design package, whatever you call it, is a sports design with the different front bumper. Yep. I know a lot of people hate that rear one where it's got the two plonked on, you know, bits of paint on the side on the back, the sport design package. Oh, yes. The sort of funny little panel thing. I like it. And I think if you were getting a 911 Carrera, I don't know why you wouldn't option the front with the sport design package because I think the front is still a lot more attractive with the two separate air dams than having the one long straight one across, which is just on the standard standard mm-hmm. configuration. Um, I know it's an update and I know it's an option and it's not cheap, but you can just do the front one if you hate the back one. I think you need to at least do the front one. I have a funny feeling that what they're going to do, Steve, is they're going to update the 992 so that the front is more sporty. And I can't, I kind of um, think that maybe they did that on purpose, just so that the next generation, the point two, can be. Yeah, you know, they obviously did better. Like I'm sure that um, when they kind of released the first gen, it would have been the same for nine nine seven, nine nine six, blah blah blah. Um, they kind of know how they're going to kind of deliver the the updated sort of version. Um, yeah. And whether or not the gen two looks looks better, I guess that's a very subjective kind of thing. Like for example, I don't like. I prefer the looks of a Gen 1 997 over in uh, Point 2. Yeah, and um, apparently it's coming next year, right? The Point 2 is coming out next year. Yeah, what well, it'd probably come out end of, of next year. Yeah. So, so we keep coming on to this point, and I don't. So when you order a 911 now, and it takes yep. a year or a year and a half, how do you know which model you're going to get? I guess it depends on your build date, right? Like if you wind up waiting like a year, then you'd have to be getting a Gen 2. They're not going to give you a Gen 1. But if you spec it out in Gen 1 style, then they must have to get you to update your spec because obviously certain things would change, I'm yeah. guessing. So that, yeah. How long until you lock? From the time that you lock your order into the, you know, like it being shipped, plonked on a ship and then coming to you, how long is it between? I don't know. I don't know. be interesting months, maybe? though. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I, I, saw, I saw the... Um, on Evo, the uh, 9-11 Safari. I don't know whether you put that link on as well. I always yeah, saw I it. Uh, I think it was yeah. end of January they posted it, the Porsche 911 Safari Mule Spike. Now, this is the latest latest one, right? There's a lot been yep. going around. I thought the most interesting part of this was, and we're going to get into this topic in a, in a minute, and I'm looking at the picture now, Steve. The front yep. bonnet looks like it's got the GT3 detailing with the vent because there's like a cover on it and you can see the vent exposed. So it's got that front thing that you don't like on the bonnet. What do you call that? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just pulling it up. You mean like, oh, the nostrils. The nostrils. Yep. It's got the nostrils. Yep. So does that yep. mean it's, it is a GT3-based car, GT-based car, because it's got the nostrils? They've got the car with the wing, and we're going to talk yep. about wings, right? And that's a new style wing, and that obviously looks like a pretty much production-type wing. It doesn't look like it's still a prototype stage. And I thought the interesting thing they said in this article, Steve, was that the wheel arches, the last, yep. the last images were showing just, you know, snapped on, sort of plonked on wheel arches. Now it's actually got the proper, they think, production style wheel arches on the car. It's got bigger tires, obviously, smaller wheels. The car's black. Yeah. And smaller wheels with bigger tires. Yep. 
but still unsure what sort of suspension it's on or whatever. That's what they're saying in the article. What yep. do you think of it? Mm, still very undecided. I'm not really... But I was never a massive kind of fan, not that I'm in any sort of position, but like looking at it from afar. I don't know, safaris don't really do it for me kind of thing when um, Lee Keen sort of has done his thing. The Bajar one that that ex-employer of Singer um, made in the D, the, this, and the Singer one was a little bit more interesting because I think they sort of took it a bit further kind of thing, but. Did that sell? I, don't know, I can't imagine how many of those they'd really sort of sell. Like, who's really going to go and buy a kind of pumped up 911 like that? Don't know. Well, <clears throat> with the nostril, is it a pumped up GT3? It's a um, GT3 engine in a safari type car. Yeah, it could be. It could but be. then, why wouldn't it be a four? It have to be a, f- a Carrera four, right? It has to be a four. Yeah, would they? Maybe. So, is it a the turbo? Thing could be a camouflage for camouflage um, to fool you. Yeah, 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 but yeah, I don't know. As far as I'm not, I'm just not that sure. Like, I'm just, I'm not a crossover person, not an SUV person. I've never really liked like any of those sorts of cars. I guess maybe the original Audi Allroad. Remember those? Yeah, Based that was cool A6. when it came out. Very cool. The first one was cool, and then mm. after that, like, mm. um, you know, the Volvo very first did one. their XC range, but I, it like even just purely aesthetics. You know how they kind of tended mm. to put um black plastic kind of wheel arch extensions mm. and stuff like that. I just yeah. never really liked that look. So so they're saying that this um, safari is not far off based on the prototype that's been testing on the in the snow. They're saying it's not very yeah. far off now. It's pretty close. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's an end-of-year um, end launch. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe this is the hurrah to the 991.1, 992.1 generation. But usually the, the, the special models at the end of 999, at the end of the generation, right, they're, they're at the end of the point two. Sort yeah. of cycle, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, but whatever is it fiftieth anniversary is coming up, which they keep speculating the ST is gonna be in the new the new version of an R. That yeah. all like all the dealers are supposedly kind of talking about. There's probably not supposed to be talking about it, but they are. <laughs> um so yeah, I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Let's get on to um. Let's get on. What else, Steve? Let's get on to um. Let's get on to the wing topic. Let's talk about wings, yep. not chicken wings. Yep. We're talking about Porsche wings. Great mm, Porsche wings. wings. Great Porsche wings. I like chicken wings. I tell you what, I had the other day. I'm going to talk about food. Uh, Natasha's mm. brother bought over from uh, Chatswood here in Sydney. There's a, a Korean fried chicken place in Chatswood, which is really really good. And he brought over <laughs> Korean fried chicken, two lots of it. Man, uh-huh. that was good. Not healthy, but it was it was very very good fried chicken. Very nice. Very nice. Hey, um, so Porsche wings, you know, we all know what the wing is about. The wing's not just because, you you know, you want to have a big wing to to show your superiority on the road. It's about aerodynamics. It's about the battle between between, uh, drag and downforce. Um, It's about the whole engineering behind the car to keep you on the road, to keep that, you know, the fine fine balance, Steve, right? The the fine balance between um, grip. Is it grip, yep. grip and drag, downforce and drag? I guess this kind of came about because um, we were having a little chat with Marco and he said, and I've heard, um, I think it was Johnny Lieberman was sort of saying, like Marco, I think it was just like off the cuff, just sort of saying, oh, like, you know, if he was getting a, um, if he was getting a 992 GT3, maybe he'd kind of go for the winged version rather than sort of, you know, like this whole thing about tourings are the better one, the better one. 
you know, like and sort of embracing the fact that um, the GT3 is all about the wing, which I know Johnny Lieberman used to kind of say that all the time too. He, he didn't sort of say it in this these words, but it was almost like, oh, you're a pussy if you kind of, you know, get a GT3 and you opt out for the wing. Um, so kind of, I don't know, it's interesting. Like I sort of, it made me think about it because I do remember when I first bought my 997 GT3, I'd never had a car, oh, actually a lie, WRX. I was about to sort of say like I never had a car that was really kind of aggressive and full-on looking, you know, in terms of wings and spoilers and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's not necessarily my natural style or aesthetic. So I can sort of see why, you know, um, on the whole, you kind of go, oh, do I really want to be sort of driving around with like all these appendages hanging off my car? You know, what does it say about me? Blah, blah, blah. But I must admit, like, I kind of got over that pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I thought it was what you said to me, was it last week or the week before, how I said that people mm. are always really polite on the road to me in the car and people let me in and whatever. And you yeah. said if you had an RS in, or in purple or orange with a wing, it'd be different. Yep. Yep. Do you find people treat you differently with a wing? Um, I Compared to when you're driving the Macan? Macan, when you drive the Macan to when you drive the uh, GT3? Is there a difference in the attitude on the road? I don't really get that much kind of attitude on the roads. I get sort of a lot of, you know, people saying nice things at service stations kind of thing. Um, But I can't tell if it's the wing. Like my car's white, so it's a little bit slightly more discreet, but then it's kind of counterbalanced by, you know, a couple of months ago it was kind of heinously noisy. Um, Mm. So it's not quite like that anymore. So I don't know. I don't know if it's. So quiet your car. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So quiet. But so um, the, the wing thing, maybe it's also like back in the day, like if you wound the clock back 15 years, like a sort of bigger wing would have been a bit more shouty. But in comparison these days, like yes. I guess um, wings and spoilers and things on cars probably are a lot more common. So Yeah, it's, um, it's come of age, hasn't it? And, you know, like the GT3 wing, I mean, I wasn't hmm. a fan when I first started seeing those early spy shots before it came out. And I, yep. I still haven't seen one in oh, real you're life. Oh, you talking Swan Neck? Yeah, the Swan Neck spoiler, right? Yep. And I haven't yep. seen one in real life. Um, but I like it. And it it's obviously looks better in certain colors than others. But I think the back elevation, the back perspective is is really cool. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think it yep. actually, it, it's proportionate. You know, it's all in proportion, isn't it? It has to be that way for the car. Um, you yep. know, and yesterday, actually, I'll tell you what. When I was going over the bridge yesterday, the other day, not yesterday, a couple of days ago, Yep. Uh, 911's coming a, a Porsche's coming up behind me and I said to Tasha my wife I said oh look a Taycan's coming up have a look on your side a Taycan's going to pass and then I'm looking at it closely going okay it's not a Taycan it's got the lights <laughs> and I'm just thinking yep. it's a Taycan it's a 911 and it comes up and oh, it's okay. a black turbo S992 yep which is enormous right it's enormous yep. and after seeing the rear of that and seeing it in my head I thought okay, the 992 GT3 wing now makes sense. It would make sense. When I see it, I think it's going to make sense. You know what I mean? Like at first I was a bit off on it, but now after seeing that turbo and seeing how wide it is and seeing the shape of it, I can kind of imagine what the 992 GT3 will look like with the wing and I think it probably is okay. I'm sure it would be cool. And like at least, you know, um, from uh, like I guess when we're about to talk about all this stuff, We're just kind of babbling about aesthetics more than anything, um, you know, because uh, there's quite a few iconic 
sort of wings um, in the sort of Porsche heritage. But I guess at least the one good thing, say for argument's sake, about this new um, 992 GT3 wing, the Swan Neck thing, mm. plus what's coming in the RS. Mm. Um, at least again, it's kind of played from motorsport heritage. Like, yes. you know, like they haven't done it purely for looks. And I know you could kind of argue, like, who's going to feel the extra downforce if you kind of just drive it on the street, blah, blah, blah. But that bit that was um, where they've kind of said that um, the way that the wings mounted is actually kind of to the chassis, it's not to the deck lid. So, oh, right it actually kind of pushes down like literally on the kind of chassis. It's not, you know, like my, my wings attached to, yeah, you know, yeah, the reboot lid kind of thing. Um, so there is a lot of thought and engineering in it. It's not, you know, just because they kind of want you to think that your penis looks bigger because you've got that's a big wing f- sort of thing. But that's what I find so interesting, don't you? It's, it's this engineering. It's like when, you know, being a Formula One fan and watching Formula One, it's about all the downforce and the slight, you know, the yeah. slight adjustments that they make that everything is just thrown out by such a small adjustment. And obviously that's a different level with, with Formula One. Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting about the wing. I didn't realize that was the wing on the new GT3 being in that way. But it's interesting how the engineering behind it, like you said, Steve, it's crazy. But let's just get on to yeah. the look side of it. Because, you know, every yeah. owner's stories, yeah. most of the owner's stories that I've done, people's fond memory is as a kid or a little bit later seeing a Porsche yeah. and it's always the whale tail. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if there's one wing that everyone remembers, it's a whale tail. And that's kind of what makes them, you know, you know what that tail is on that car before you really know what the car is. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, there's this car with this big wing. What is it? And that's the whale tail. So that's that's the iconic one. I'm just wondering, though, I'm just wondering, though, when we go through these wings, you think, hmm. do you think with the new generation of Porsche enthusiasts, the young guys coming through, you know, that are starting to look at Porsches, the four, you know, the kids, you think yep. that the that the GT3 and the turbo wings are going to be their iconic wings, you know what I mean? Whereas older generation like us, you know, we look at air-cooled as being the iconic things. You think they're still going to look at that or they're going to look at the GT3 and go, wow, that GT3 wing is so amazing? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I think you're right, probably. That, that would be the kind of modern-day version. I guess maybe like back in the day, like um, if you're sort of talking ducktails, whale tails and stuff like that, tea trays, like back in the... Um, 70s slash 80s kind of thing. Yeah. I'm guessing that there weren't many other cars that had um, rear wings, whereas nowadays, again, probably, you know, a lot of things have, like, wings, so it might not be quite as synonymous sort of thing. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I've taken <clears throat> I've taken this from various sources, right, and I yep. gave you a few yep. of the links, I think, and I've kind of mixed it in. I've just sort of put it on my notes here that I'm looking at because I, I can't do this by memory because I'm not yep. a wing specialist. Um, so the whale tail, <laughs> the whale yep. tail, Steve, as we talked about, the whale tail uh, first came onto the scene in 1973 from the source mm-hmm. that I've got after being fitted to the 911 Carrera 3.0 RSR IROC. Uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld has one of those, doesn't he? He later found a home on the original 930 3.0 and could still be found as late as 1991 fitted as standard to the 964 RS America. So that's probably the most iconic, right? Uh, Well, Ducktail is probably more iconic than that. Go back one. mm. The Ducktail probably would have been more iconic than that sort of thing when you think about it, but, you know, whatever. Okay, so the ducktail is the ducktail. The ducktail. Well, you know, a lot of people say the ducktail was on the Sport Classic 997, and it was. But the ducktail before yeah. that was on the uh, was on the legendary Porsche 911 Carrera 2.7 RS. Um, yep. 
it's on the sport design package. It's in the 997. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's not offered as an option for with anything though from Porsche, right? It's not on Porsche exclusive where you couldn't, can add it. Yeah, can you? It wasn't to your 991? Couldn't you get it on a 991 or 992? Like one of them. I'm not sort of really up with it. I thought you could. Um, really? Yeah, I thought you could on a 991 or a 992. One of the two, I think you can um, get it out of the factory. So it's becoming, um, again, maybe less special because it's more common, but yeah. The one I really like, though, I really like the wing on the 959. Oh, yeah, different. Yeah, the 80s 959. Um, it's quite elegant, I guess. It's more of an elegant sort of wing, um, how it's just sort of shaped over the, you know, over the deck lid. Um, so I think it comes that, back onto itself like a bit of a loop as opposed yeah. to sort of having like obvious struts and then just sort of sticking out. Yeah, I'm trying to find the image of it so I can look at it while I'm talking about it because I don't have it in front of me. Um, yep. I I like it. I like the I like the nine five nine wing. Um, I don't seem to have the image. I don't know where it's gone. Um, how do you explain it, Steve? The nine five nine. It just looks more integrated. It's not as high. And like I sort of said, if you kind of look at the aesthetic, we're talking aesthetics. Um, the bodywork kind of uh, continues on into the actual kind of spoiler blade, so it looks like an integrated sort of piece, and then. You could kind of argue that like those roof cars of that period and onwards were almost like a development of the 959 wing. Yeah, true, um, true. It's a great it's looking wing. Yeah. Let's get into let's get into the let's just jump forward. Let's just jump yep. forward to the GT3, something you're really familiar with. So, you yep. know, you've got the 996.1 GT3 wing. Um, I think they call it what do they call it? Taco or Pac-Man or something, right? The rear spoiler. Taco. Tucker. Yeah, it was the first sort of tucker, which was kind of um, if you get a piece of paper and you kind of curl it on back onto itself, it's quite very distinctive. Like I can't actually think of another car that's got something like it apart from mine. Um, don't know how effective it, it, it actually is in terms of like aerodynamics, but from a look point of view, um, it's quite unusual sort of thing. And then I guess they <coughs> they changed it for the point two slightly, right? The point two GT three nine and six has a slightly different wing or not? Yeah, so it's um it's more a more traditional sort of wing, which is basically kind of two uprights and then like a blade on top of it, and it's taller and all of that sort of stuff. Um, it's um, I it to my eyes it never looked um, that great because it sort of again, doesn't look integrated into the design. I think that maybe that's the problem with some of this sort of wing sort of stuff, particularly on GT cars where, um, uh, I don't know, like maybe it's because of this sort of boy races scene that you kind of look at wings and you go, oh, like it's been bolted on and it doesn't, it looks, it, it looks literally bolted on and more like an afterthought. So mm. I guess from a design perspective, the trick is how do you kind of make it look um, integrated, integrated into the design from the get-go? Integrated. Yeah. And I guess if you go back to the air-cooled, and I mean the common mistake that a lot of people make, and, you know, we just talked about whale tail. Let me just jump backwards. Um, the whale tail, mm. the whale tail, and like you said, the tea tray, right? Yep. The tea tray spoiler and the whale tail often get confused, right? They do often get confused because they look, they look similar. similar. They look similar, yep. right? I would say that the tea tray actually looks more integrated than the whale tail. The tea tray has yep. the, um, the rubber around the outside, it's yep. thicker and it goes closer to the car, right? To the body of the car, to the sloping angle of the rear window sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'm not sure enough to be able to 
point out the differences. Yeah, it's a rubber lip. I'm looking at a picture now, yeah. and it's a rubber. I'm looking at two images. So the rubber lip on the on the whale tail is kind of just on the edge, and it's thinner. And the tea yep. and the tea tray has it sort of it sort of sits a little bit higher in some ways, um, and the support underneath is actually more prominent. I think yep. a lot of the times, I think a lot of people maybe confuse the tea tray and the whale tail. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm Where they think they've seen a whale tail, but it's actually the tea tray, which is what they're looking at. Um, I think yep. both are good. I think the tea tray actually looks more, um, talking about integration with a car, I think it actually looks slightly more integrated. Yep. But with none, with GT3s though, Steve, because you always had a problem with the, with the you, you don't like the 0.2 GT3 wing, right? You like the, the 0.1 that you have much better. Oh, you're talking now 997? Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do. Um, just for that reason of like purely aesthetic, like nothing to do with like function and all that sort of stuff. I recognize that. Um, when they kind of evolve the car, they're obviously kind of improving downforce. So the the newer one, from a effectiveness point of view, is better. Right. Has sort of like the metal kind of struts, and it sits, um, you know, a decent amount higher, and all of that sort of stuff. But just from a sheer looks point of view, it just doesn't look as clean. Um, so, you know, like when I just said when I first picked up the car, it's like, oh shit, I'm about to kind of, you know go out into the world driving this car that's kind of you know fairly you know bewinged and sort of racy looking um but i sort of feel like the design of the 997.1 um it's like uh with the benefit of hindsight you kind of look at it now look it's quite integrated and it's quite an elegant sort of design as opposed to you know sort of super bolt on but I think with your with your wing though, it, it's like I remember when you picked up the car, right? And we went for a drive yep. to Fort Way. and yep. I thought it was you know the wing was big. It looked big. It like you know it, it was, looked big, right? Yeah. yeah, it looked big. The car was great. I look at it today, and it just looks integrated. It doesn't look over yeah, the top. Yeah, it just looks. Yep. It's quite. Su- it feels actually quite subtle. And even the nine nine six, when you see a nine nine six GT three, it looks very. I don't know. It looks. It, it's not because, that out there, is it? And I know, I guess because that's... Because we've become accustomed to it. But I think, obviously, in its day, it probably was like, whoa, look at that big thing hanging off the back. Sort of yeah, thing. but it doesn't look big anymore compared to the 992 GT3s. And it's not just Porsches, like you said. It's like Lamborghinis and all those sort of cars with wings that are, you know, that are enormous. Even the GTR AMG Mercedes, you know, the wing on that yeah. is pretty crazy. Yeah. Which seems so, to be the sort of thing now because... I guess if anybody's going to plonk a wing on their car, like they're going to go, oh, well, we don't want to, we don't want it to be a pretentious thing. We want it to kind of feel like it's coming from our racing heritage, like AMG, for yes. example. So everything looks like, you know, it's literally kind of, as in literally kind of come off the track and it's off a cup, you know, like a, a GT kind of category, category car or, you know, something like that off the racetrack. So they look pretty kind of full on. Um, well, Look at the, the what about the GT3 RS the 4.0? I mean that's a that's an enormous wing, right? That's a cup. Yep. That's like a cup rear wing. Yep. I mean, could you? Do I it? mean, I guess when the RS came out, I mean, I've seen the RS and I, you know, I saw that one at Porsche Sydney when I was looking yep. at it. Yep. It it looks everything looks big in pictures, and when you're standing next to it, it looks big, but it kind of like if you didn't have it, it would look odd. You know what I mean? It kind of. Everything goes together. It's it's everything complements, and it's the styling, isn't it? It's those little things that they do. Um, yeah. What, what do you think of it? I like it when it. I don't. Um, I think the silver is the most polarizing for me. The the strut supports, uh, the silver strut report, strut supports. I don't know whether they came in black, but when they're in silver, they it they does stand out. Some of them come in black, 
Or is that people kind of powder coating them after? Maybe they powder I don't know. Them. Like I know it's a common thing with um It is huge though. I'm looking at the picture now. It's huge, isn't it? Yeah. I know it was a common thing with 997 um, GT3s and 991 GT3s where um, you would buy aftermarket struts that were actually taller. Um, oh, right. Because one of the things when you, um, for people that don't have like a monster wing up at the back is that the blade actually sits right in the middle of your rear windscreen. So when you're kind of driving along and you look in your rear view mirror, you can't see anything because mm. like that horizontal kind of thing, the, the blade is literally kind of obscuring your, your line of sight. So um, it's a very common sort of thing to kind of replace the struts with something higher and it lifts it. it right. like it's supposed to be for better down downforce, but the, also, the other upside to it is that it kind of clears the line of sight as well. Um, I, wonder, I wonder what it would be like. I wonder what the view is like through the window of the 992 GT3 then. I'm trying to think of a video I've seen where you can, what you actually see. How much of that wing do you see? I reckon you'd be able to see clear, more clear than, say, my car because really? my car, like it literally, you've driven my car. Like, you know, yeah. what you can see is that sort of, and it, it does. It takes does a bit take to get used to. Because you think yeah, there's something always, behind you. I always exactly. think there was something behind me. It's like, oh, what's that? And it's the wing. So you get a bit thrown. Yeah. And I was like that um, for like not exaggerating, like months. Like, you know, I just constantly sort of felt like there was a car kind of behind me. And mm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like, I'm not sort of saying this literally, but it's almost like, oh, is there any point looking at in your rear view mirror? Because, you know, you can't really see that much. But Well, you know, when we were talking about the safari before, in that article, it said that they saw inside the car, whoever took those shots, I don't know how they got to look so closely into the car, that there's some kind of camera and they're saying they might have the, um, oh, you know, okay. like what the defenders have and some of the other cars have, the rear, view, the rear vision mirror, which is camera. Yep. I wonder if that's yep. due to the height of the car. I wonder if that's due to with the height you're in just to give you the proper view, you know, because you're raised up. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Just be very disconcerting. I think you'd have to kind of make a new adjustment um, to kind of get used to um, like Polestars and Tesla. Well, Tesla's not, but Polestars yeah. and like a lot of new cars have cameras instead of um, uh, instead of actual kind of mirrors, which I think you, you would have to kind of get used to that after a bit. But, um, as long as the sun doesn't impact it, as long as when you're looking at it, the sun hitting it. You know, if you've got one of these sky roofs like most of these cars have and you've got a digital revision camera and the sun hits it, are you going to be able to see the screen? Well, what happens when the kind of camera messes up and, you know, needs calibrating and all of that sort exactly. of stuff? Like it's a exactly. pretty uh, essential thing to kind of have mirrors that, you know, um, yeah. help you see around the car when you park it and see other traffic around you. Which will happen. Hey, let's talk about other big wings, but they're slightly different. Let's talk about the turbo. And let's talk about, because you own one, let's talk about the 993 first. Because the 993 yep. turbo wing, um, from you know, what cool. I've read, that was the last yep. air-cooled 911 turbo. Saw the, the last air-cooled 911 turbo also saw the last fixed turbo wing, right? Yep. Pretty strong design. It was there to, yeah, really to cool. hide the, <laughs> it was there to house those two intercoolers, right? Massive that they squ somehow squeezed in <laughs> on, top of the, on top of the engine. Um, but it looks really cool. Tell. It's probably yep. my second favorite, I have to say. I think that the, I really like the 959 and I really like that 993, that fixed. It's a big yep. chunk, isn't it? How do you explain it, Steve? Uh, I don't know. Like, it's such a pretty car, the 993 Turbo, and the way that they sort of design the spoiler because, like, um, like, if they did it poorly, then it would really look, like, bolted on. But, again, because it's sort of quite fluid and organic, um, yeah. it's done really, really well. Like, it's a really good piece of um, sort of 
um, design. It really is. I, I like. I think. I think that's that's up there with. I think that's up there with my number ones for the wings. Actually, I really like yeah. that wing. Um, yeah. I think if you're looking at technology and stuff, and we're not going to talk about, we're going to go back to, we're going to talk about um, not a 911, but the Panamera. You cannot forget about that Panamera wing on the 2017 Panamera Turbo. Oh, the Transformer. The Transformer. The one and that you know, sort of folds you, in half as it kind of pops up and down. Yeah, it's like thing. underneath here and then it, then it's, it sits flat. Yeah. For people who haven't seen it, just do a search. It's, I think it's 2017 model onwards, Porsche Panamera Turbo. Yeah. Um, it's very tricky. Uh, it's a retractable wing that deploys from a hidden panel on the rear lip above the taillights. taillights. It rises, it extends, it's like a transformer. It has the yep. bit underneath and it goes up like that and it becomes a wing. Deploys at about, I think it was 80 miles an hour, which is quite fast. Um, and yep. then goes back, obviously, under 80 miles an hour. Um, but simple mechanism it's not that it's not a simple mechanism where it just pops up like on the 996 turbo and the 991 turbo right like what marco's car had yeah well i was gonna say like i wonder how reliable it folds out like a trend it transforms i wonder how it works it's almost like the the complication sorry steve the complication when you watch it is almost like watching the targa roof yeah you know it's that sort of thing that someone spent so many hours working out how this thing is going to work um, which you have to appreciate origami yeah 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 but I so until Marco bought his um, 906 Turbo recently, I had no idea that um, that the struts or what are they called rams, I think he sort of calls them the rams, um, yeah, are infamously unreliable and sort of fail all the time. Like I think they're hydraulic and they leak fluid and stuff like that. So there's a whole there's a whole like little cottage industry of um, people that have developed. Um, workarounds to basically kind of improve the sort of not great design. Um, so how, how reliable must that original Panamera sort of um, spoiler thing be? It makes you think that Porsche tries these things like they do it on a Panamera. It gives that Panamera yeah. that point of difference for a, for a you know, saloon type car. I mean, it's on the turbo, yeah. right? And they need the downforce. But it makes you think, okay, we'll do it on the Panamera. If it works, we might add it to one of our other cars. You know, we might put it on the 911 or we might put it on something else. I don't know. I mean, I guess they yeah. need the, 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 the size of the Panamera to do it. But it's so overly complicated, isn't it? You know, it really is very complicated. Bit of, um, of um, theatre, I guess. It's a bit, bit of, of theatre. It's like the Targa yeah. Top, you know, it makes you go, ooh, wow, and, you know, like think, wow, that's pretty cool. And it is very, very cool. Um, yeah. how, how reliable it is, like you said, the turbo wings, you know, which are well known for like failing on the 996, on the 997 as well. Is the 997 the same setup? No. Uh, I think so. Yeah. It's Rams. Same. It's Rams. Got, yep. Is the 991 the same? Mm, I don't know. I've never looked at it hard enough. Probably, probably is. Don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know. Because when the 996 turbo came out, Marco's car, the 996.1, mm-hmm. 996.2, that was quite trick as well, that 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 spoiler, right? The up and down sort of thing at speeds. It was it was a pretty yeah. cool feature at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like at a certain point in time, it sort of lifts to kind of give you more um, downforce. But the one thing that we probably shouldn't forget, yeah. like when you think about it though, is that when you're sort of talking rear wings and stuff, yep. um, you actually can't overlook the fact that like a standard Carrera, starting from 964 onwards, including like your car, yeah. um, it has a wing as well. It's just that it's retractable. Um, True. So, you know, like, and that was always sort of like a 911 thing as well. Like 
when you think about it, like a retractable wing that would kind of go up at whatever it is, 60, 70 kilometers an hour. I don't, I don't actually know what the speed is. No, it goes up. hundred. It's over that. Mine goes is up it? at about 120 or something. Oh, is it that high? Yeah, really? it's high. It's about 120. It was lower on a 993. My 993 was less than that. I think I it's it 121 to be exact. Off the top of my head, I think it's 121 kilometers an hour. The wing yeah, comes up. Okay. And you know you you know you about feeling the difference. I don't yeah. know whether it's in my head, but when I'm driving, not that I speed, but if you do test it and it goes up, um, yeah. I think you can feel it. I think you feel the feel back. It. I think you feel it. Something changes. Yeah, right. But um, it's like it just goes. It really was like a 911 signature. Um, I don't. I don't know enough about like other cars. I'm trying to rack my brains about something like I think TTs kind of followed like the yeah. original Audi TT and stuff like that. But it was a 911 thing, you know, to have this kind of cool sort of wing that would pop up at speed. And you know, there were jokes that well, like if your wing was up, then the cops knew that you were kind of going at a certain Speedy. speed and all of that sort of stuff. But it was also for engine cooling, like on a 964 and a 993. Um, it wasn't purely aerodynamics i think it was also to kind of um cool the engine as well it was a bit of both it is very cool yeah, I, I have to i have to admit you did a video i think you did a video once in your car and you were following me you were following me oh, and okay. i could see the spoiler coming up and down which i hadn't really seen before and it is very cool yeah. how it does it but you're right it's like the sign that you're speeding i mean i know a lot of people you can put it up manually and just have it up all the time i don't do that I didn't do that. But it, it's weird though, well, I used to it. I was about to say, in Did my Nanothrone and I-64 in summer, I was always conscious of like um, the car overheating, so I always used to kind of pop it up. When I, like it never, to me, it never looked, it doesn't really look that kind of good um, when the the wing is erect. Yes, I'll use that word, erect. Or the rubber um, bellows sort of thing that you see underneath. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not it's not as pretty and clean and everything, but no. um, it would definitely kind of help to keep the engine cooler in summer in like horrible kind of Sydney summers. It's funny how we forget about that wing, how it is really – it is kind of spe- – it is special, isn't it? And it is so yeah. iconic to 911. Signature. You forget. Like yeah. you get all these big wings and you talk about all these wings and all these wings and then you forget the base Carrera, the Carreras with those wings. It's got it's, one as well, yeah. Yeah. So from – nine was it 993, 99 – Nine, from 993 no, onwards, 964. right? 964. 964 onwards. 964 onwards, sorry. 964 onwards, yeah. Up until up until when? 991. And oh, I might misquote this, but I think it's also because, you know, like the classic profile of a 911 is teardrop-shaped. Yes. Um, there's a floor in it somewhere, which is why, well, I guess that's the reason why they kind of put a ducktail on the, um, the original RS kind of thing because they were solving a, a problem. So I'm assuming that's why like these kind of retractable wings on a standard Carrera sort of were put in place as well because the faster you went on an autobahn, I'm assuming that you actually needed that um, extra kind of little bit of downforce. So again, it's not for the sake of aesthetics, like it's actually there for a service of purpose. But what happened when they got to 991s then? Still does it. It's just different. Like the way... It does it in a different way though, right? Yeah, it's sort of... Not it. It sort of doesn't mimic like um, the grill as such. Yeah, yeah. It's just the end part that comes up. It's not the whole grill. Just that comes sort of up. like a flap kind of thing. As yeah, opposed it's just like to a like, flap at the back. Yeah. So up until a nine nine seven, the design 
um, which I guess was a throwback to air-cooled cars where there were literally kind of bonnet vents sort of thing. Well, not really a throwback, I guess, but there would sort of be a dedicated part of the the engine lid that um, was slatted like a grill sort of thing and that bit would kind of pop up to form the wing. Yeah. Um, 901 sort of um, took away from that, I'm assuming. They took away from it because they just used the end bit, right? I'm trying to work out how yeah. 901 wing works, but I'm looking at it now. It just It's just the end bit that comes up. Yep. So it's not the whole grill. So it changed slightly, but it's still the same, the same, the same mechanism, the same process. Um, yeah. What's your favorite wing, but you're Steve? Right. Sorry, I was going to say you're right though, because um, when you're driving your own car, you never really think about it. It's not until no. you kind of see, you know, your car from behind or somebody else's car driving the same thing, and it's like, oh yeah, that thing kind of moves up and down. I kind of completely forgot. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I do remember seeing it as a kid. Actually, I was thinking about this. I remember we went from the central coast to Sydney to see my grandmother. And I remember vaguely. So I don't know. No, that couldn't have been, there must've been another yeah. time. I do remember seeing these wings pop up, you know, seeing it for the first time and thinking, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. I don't know where yep. it was actually. I can't remember. Hey, um, yep. what about the other wing, the GT4, the GT4 wing, everyone gets the struts in the, uh, in the black people for the black struts. What do you think of the GT4 wing? If we're talking about yeah, all sorts similar. of Porsches? Similar, right? Similar to like GT kind of cars. I suppose like if we're trying to point out slightly different ones, the um, Carrera GT wing. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. probably a bit of a throwback to a 959 again because it's It's a bit 959, yeah. Yeah. Supercar. Although it it sits on RAM similar to Marco's kind of turbo, so I wonder if they have the same kind of issues. Yeah, Marco doesn't have his his turbo spoiler on. Um, he's got a different spoiler. But I do like the nine nine six. I do like the nine nine six standard wing. I mean, I did say that to Marco. I do like the standard wing how it pops up, and I do like the shape of it and the and the yeah. same color. Yep, yep. Um, they're both good. But his carbon one looks good as well. So I know a lot of people change it out when they have issues with those um those rams, like you said. Yep. What else, mate? Which is your favorite? Favorite. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, so, like, this is a completely unprepared thing. I reckon of all of those, Ducktail always looked a little bit awkward to me. Like, I get mm. the what's special about it, but it's not the prettiest kind of thing to look at. Um, I reckon maybe the nine nine seven point one. Really, from just like a aesthetic kind of point of view, because it's sort of interesting enough to make it distinctive. If you know what I mean, mm. it's probably. I'm guessing that um, they've not kind of gone back to it, you know, since then, um, So, which is a throwback to the 996.1. So I'm guessing it's probably not particularly efficient from an yeah. aerodynamics point of view. Yeah. I, I guess they probably just kind of ditched it all together because um, it doesn't function that well. But from a pure looks point of view, I think might, that might be it. I like, I'm going to go back to what I said before. I like the 959 rewing. I like the, just the yep. simplicity of it. You know, I'm big on simplicity like last week's episode. That got to be misunderstood, yep. but I'm big on simplicity, um, yep. originality. And I also like the, um, like I said before, the 993 turbo, the fixed, the big one, yeah, yeah, yeah. hiding the intercoolers. Yep. I think those two are pretty, pretty amazing. And I think if it's a GT3 wing, yeah, I'd have to say your wing, your wing on your 997.1 GT3 for a GT3 wing. Do you wing. think... Um from a headspace point of view, because I know like your car, like I sort of described it before, is a lot more subtle and sophisticated. It's got that really clean 911 like sort of look, which is um, really like that's sort of like the most beautiful kind of shape. Um, so pretend in your near future you get yourself into a GT car of sorts and it's got like a 
Mm. A monster Tricky. wing. How do you think you'd feel about that? Does it I like the idea of, of it. I don't know. I have to live with it though. Or? Yeah. See, this is the thing. You know, I don't have a problem with the GT3 with the wing. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. After six months of living with it, maybe I'll have a different opinion. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm yep. not sure. It's a tricky one, that one. I'm not sure. I mean, I do like the touring for that reason, but I do actually understand what Mark was saying that, it, you know, and what Johnny Liebman says, keeps saying about GT3 should have a wing, GT3 should have a wing. Just embrace it, yeah. Just embrace it. But then again, I really do like the touring. I really like the touring. And I know they're yeah. the same, but I don't kind of put them in the same category. I, I know that's very weird. To me, it's like, I know it's a G, they're both GT3s, but I still see them differently. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do too. I do too. Don't they're you? two different. They're different. Very different sort of um, intent, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like if you're if you're kind of going for a touring, like you really don't want that thing to kind of be sort of shouty, and you are trying to be as sort of discreet as possible. Um, and it, it's a far more kind of classic sort of look. Yeah, and going back to that guy on YouTube, obsession, whatever he's called, um, oh, obsessed garage. Yeah, yep. that garage guy that's specking it out. I would not yep. get a touring with um, lightweight buckets. Initially, I thought you'd you want a touring with lightweight buckets. I wouldn't. I just oh, get I the wouldn't. normal. I wouldn't. I get the normal seats. Yep. I'd get the normal seats in a touring. I don't know why. Um, I know he was thinking of getting normal seats, and now I think he switched to getting lightweight buckets. I think I saw something on his Instagram yesterday or tonight oh, or this morning. Yeah. Okay. Someone suggested you know he's going between two colors, Cohiba and something else. Yep. Um, but I I don't know. I think I'd just get the normal seats in a in a touring. I don't know. Um, I always if, thought the other way. I always thought the other way, but now yeah. I'm thinking, no, be normal seats. If your body shape suits the buckets, I I think I would always kind of um, opt for them because they're surprisingly more comfortable than you sort of think that they are. And so the downside to them is kind of getting in and out, but it's not, it's not I don't know, bad. there's all these sort of um, things where you can buy um, bolster covers. Yeah. Um, Have you got those? Uh, no, I don't. You, the, uh, nobody's really kind of made like a proper set to kind of fit um, the Carrera GT style buckets that are in my car. But Gary does them, right? Classic FX. No, they're more. They're the nine They're the nine nine one like buckets. And then exclusive option do them, right? Same. It's the same thing. Like really common on a nine nine one and a GT two bucket, but not the Carrera GT ones. Right. Um, but I was going to say, like, I don't. Yeah, I think if you kind of careful and you figure out how to kind of, you basically kind of put your hand down on the side sill and then you use your arm to lift your ass out of it. It's easy. Um, it's actually quite easy. And I don't, like, I don't think, I don't find it to be that sort of um, troublesome to kind of get in and out of the car. Yeah, yeah. Hey, two things I forgot, Steve. The first thing is, um, for everyone wondering, yes, my knob is removed. Um, I took it off, the Latheworks knob. Yep. I've gone back to my yep. original. Um, it is lighter, but I actually like the feel of it. That's just personal thing. Um, nothing mm-hmm. to do with losing value or any of those stupid things. I just like mm-hmm. the um, feel of it. So I took that off. Yep. Very easy. Um, I've got that um, removed. And then I went to Auto House and I had my ignition switch replaced on Friday, yep. last Friday. Um, it's all good. All good. No, it no hasn't level. done it since then. It hasn't, you know, I, the engine turns off and... It starts. Yep. It seems all okay. So that was good. Um, that just took a oh, couple of they, hours. I forgot to ask. Did they, when they diagnosed it, did that sort of come up on PWIS? Like, were they certain that that was the issue? No, they weren't. I don't they think they diagnosed the it. No, I'm not sure. 
okay. It was based on what I told them and from previous cars that they've had. I also had, like I said, a couple of people reach out to me who had the same issue with 997 and said that's what they did and then the the error went away. Right. Um, I don't know if it comes up on PeeWiz. Because this didn't, they didn't know that I had this issue. And this issue, I, like I said, I noticed it, you know, two and a half years ago before I went to, to Bahrain. Yep. It happened a couple of times and I just kind of thought, mm, just a rare occurrence. But then it happened a lot when I came back. It was happening yeah, a lot. Right. So I just thought it was worthwhile to do. But it's done. It's fixed. Um, it wasn't that expensive, yep. but, it, you know, it is what it is. So that's yep. good. Peace of mind. Knobs off. Um, and that's about it. I haven't bought anything else. What's that's next? It, what are you thinking? Window tint? You still going to pull it? Uh, I keep thinking about it, but I haven't made a decision. I haven't PPF? made a decision. PPF, I, I'm keen on for the front bumper. Yep. You know, that PPF front Expensive. bumper, they want you to do the whole front. I don't really want to spend 3000 to do the whole front, yeah. but then is it worthwhile just to do the bumper? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can't make a decision on it. I can't really think about it for some reason. Deckles? You, decals are staying. I thought about changing the color. Um, I had a look at Ren decals. He still works out to be cheaper for the cost of the thing shipped here than the other guy yep. in Sydney that you use. Autographic, yep. Yeah, he's a bit more expensive, so I can still get them cheaper from Ren decals. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually okay at the moment. I don't really want to do too much at the moment. I'm actually quite okay. I just got to do the rear number two plate. Sets of stripes lying around. Have you? You should change <laughs> yours, mate. Put your I black wheels back on. There. Put your black wheels back on for a change. Summer wheels. Yeah, could do. Could I do. like your black wheels, I have to say. I do like them. Yeah, I do too. I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. I quite like the look. I just had switch two sets out. of wheels. So. Are they downstairs yep. in your garage? Yep. Just switch them out. Let's get the mobile guy around. Too, um, you can do it in your garage, right? The mobile repair wheel people, they just switch them out in your garage. Well, I could do it. I've got a um, trailer jack. I just need to actually literally do it myself. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, changing a wheel, I can do that. I didn't know you did that sort of thing. <laughs> what are you trying to say, mate? <laughs> You're so handy. You're a wrench. You're a wrench monkey. No, I am not a wrench. <laughs> You're a hack mechanic. A You're a hack mechanic. Someone told me that. Um, all right, Steve, let's go. I'm done. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool. Thanks, mate. Have a good week. Um, no problem. You too. The sun is out. Maybe we can get a drive in. I, I don't know. I've got sort of work and things happening, but we can we can talk about that yeah, I'm after keen. we stop. Um, I think um, I'm keen to kind of get out. We're going on a little sort of um, holiday-ish type trip for a couple of days um, starting this weekend. So I'm keen to... Oh, it's this weekend you're going? Yep. Are you not ta- are you taking the GT3? Nope. Oh, really? How come? Because none, <laughs> none of my three appendages will actually kind of fit Can't you take thing. two cars though with you? Take the Macan and the GT3? Uh, yeah, like, you know, I know that that's a reasonable kind of question, but I suspect that that would be highly frowned upon. <laughs> All right. All right, mate. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Have a good one. All right, everyone. Uh, that's Steve. My name is Michael Bath, and that's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Porsche Cooled podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>